Welcome to Sensemaking. I'm Carla Joy Treadway. I'm an integrated life and business coach, the creator of The Sovereign, and a seasoned wellness practitioner. I believe in investigating the truth. I mean the whole truth. And I bring on sensemakers of all kinds who are brave enough to poke holes in commonly accepted narratives. The world is wild, my friends. And with censorship, cancel culture, and pretend uniformity of opinion, we need more sensemakers who are willing to be who they authentically are, bringing their real-life stories and evidence to the table. Sensemaking will challenge how you feel about a variety of topics from health, politics, spirituality, culture, and more. I want to free you from thinking that you have to go along with the narratives. But mostly, I hope you find yourself in the stories we share here, sparking the idea that, hey, I'm not so alone in my thinking, after all. Okay, my friends, I apologize. I have been holding on to this podcast for a little too long with no other reason other than this girl's been busy. (laughs) This girl's been busy. Things have been bananas in the best way possible. Um, If you guys follow me on Instagram, you might have heard me talk about the fact that I'm having a beautiful season of no. Yeah, it's not my yes year. It's time for no, and I shouldn't even say year. I'm having a no month. I have ADHD. I'm a manifesting generator. I can take on a lot. I love to make things. I love to say yes to projects, but you know, it it got to the point where I was just spread a little too thin. So I have gloriously taken off, not off, didn't take August off. I'm just getting really intentional with my time. So I said no to all new coaching clients for the entire month. I've said no to podcasting, to being a guest or having guests on my show. It's hard, right? Basically, I'm saying no to money and no to opportunity. But the intention is to clean up everything in the back end of my life and business, to do less but better, to refine the things that I already have going on. It's not about taking a vacation. I'm actually working quite hard this month. I just want to be focused on cleaning everything up, refining everything, making everything better so that I feel like I just have this unshakable foundation. And that just feels really, really good in my bones. And then you guys are going to see me come back with a whole new energy and fire to keep podcasting. So I did this one uh, a few weeks ago, Dr. Kevin Preston. It's just coming out now. I apologize for the wait. This is a beautiful conversation. I think you guys are going to absolutely love what we talk about here today. This is going to be a great one to share with your friends, people that you know like elevated content as well. Um, There's something really, really special about this man, and you guys are going to know what I mean when we get into this week's episode, Um, but I think it's just going to make you feel really good. Before we get into the show, um, I have to pay the bills. This episode is brought to you by The Sovereign, my coaching membership for a wild world. How do you handle a time like this? You start to become the sovereign CEO 
of your life. That means taking radical responsibility for everything, for your energy, your time, your mood. In my membership, I help you build matrix-free living by way of purposeful work, by your daily practices, and by everything mindset. It's time to master your mindset. The Sovereign is taking a little bit of a pivot here, and I think you guys are going to like it. When I originally created The Sovereign back in 2021, I was trying to give our members literally everything that they might need. So I was bringing in um, financial experts, homesteading experts, foraging experts, health experts. There was a lot in there. And part of my refinement lately is really just going towards coaches and healers and freedom-minded entrepreneurs and helping them do what they need to to really be free. One is mastering their mindset, but two is mastering their mission. What I found from working with everyone in the container is there's a lot of solutions that are truthfully just out of reach for people. Uh, We have a lot of members that are in the city, for example, and money is the most practical way that I can help people. It's time to make a difference and make bank. And we found that pretty much all of our members were entrepreneurs or did desire to build additional streams of revenue. So we're pivoting friends. And you know, when you trust yourself deeply, when you know that you can handle uncertainty, you know that you can handle the world. So pivoting is also something that I need to embody myself. And I'm really excited for this new trajectory for my coaching membership. So if you'd like to find out more about that, you can check out the show notes. We're getting a huge facelift, a bunch of brand new tools, new workshops, new coaching calls. You're going to love it. Uh, I am a coach that works with people one-on-one as well. So if you would like an expert eye on your mission, on your vision, and you would like someone to help you along the way, uh, you can send me an email as well to carlajoytreadway at gmail.com. But enough about me. (laughs) Let's get into the show. I'd like you guys to meet Dr. Kevin Preston. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Carla Joy Treadway, and I have with me my friend Kevin Preston, Dr. Kevin Preston, I should say. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for connecting this morning. I'm excited to just unpack whatever is ready for us here. So I found you through Mark Groves. You're a doctor of Chinese medicine, which I absolutely love. I've been seeing a local Chinese doctor here actually for a while. And I even did a yoga teacher training at one point in my life that was Chinese medicine centered. So I know a little bit about the systems and how they tell an emotional story, how our organs are connected to our emotions, to our brains. And there's so much more than uh, just our meat suit. (laughs) We really are um, a whole system connected to nature. Um, For people that don't know you, can you give us just a a little bit of a backstory of of who who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'll maybe just do a, a short Coles note summary, farm kid from Alberta. And I always was in nature and I loved animals and just connecting in the the natural world around me. And I think eventually that is what really drew me to Chinese medicine and these pieces that you're speaking to is 
the connectedness of the whole body and all of that with our internal environment and our external environment. And so I did science. I got a science background first because I wasn't sure what direction to go. And yeah, eventually through my own injuries and personal experiences, getting acupuncture treatment, it really changed the, the course of time for me. And I think kind of woke something up in my own system. And pretty soon I was on my way to the, the West Coast to Vancouver to learn Chinese medicine and really just never looked back. And, and it just allowed me to get a really in-depth understanding of all the things I didn't know about the body and how it actually works and how we can actually um, create harmony in almost any conditions. And that just kind of led me further into studying more about cellular biology that led me into studying genetics and epigenetics and then biological medicine and environmental toxins and the list goes on viruses and bacteria and all of these things because I started to see how that really fit together. And really my my intention all the way along is to discover where illness comes from and looking at, you know, turning over every uh, stone possible to get to the deeper layers. And it seems like when we find those deep layers, anything is possible with shifting the, the body, no matter how chronic a, a scenario is. So I've been able to see a lot of really cool outcomes in the clinic, almost uh, 15 years in the clinic now, and it just keeps going, you know, we get to keep learning. And so that gets me out of bed every morning is, you know, what's, what's new to be discovered now? And, you know, how can we be of service? I heard you mention too that some people even think you're a bit of a, a medical intuitive. Is, is that the case or are you a, a really good pattern recognizer i would have said you know that question three years ago or even five years ago i'd say no i'm not a medical intuitive or or i don't identify with that uh, that title but i'm not even sure what to say anymore i know that if i allow myself which has been the case for years there is a lot of intuition there and in addition, I use my mind a lot too. I think there's a balance between the intellect and the intuition. And I am, you know, somebody who loves seeing patterns. And after you've seen like thousands of people over a lot of years, then you do see patterns. And I think then I'll kind of move back and forth between pattern recognition and intuition and finding a way to really weave those together. And, you know, every once in a while, well, maybe more than once in a while, different thoughts come up or different um, insights and I'll, I'll just speak to it with my patients and it usually un, unravels, you know, layers of things that have been blocked or things that haven't been seen for a long time or just haven't really had any kind of light brought to it. And then suddenly we're having these amazing conversations and emotions or tears are flowing or these things and they're having big breakthroughs. And so sometimes that's, I think, from the patterns I'm seeing or the intuition or a little bit of both. So sometimes I'm not even sure which it is anymore, but um, seems to be effective. <laughs> My own healing journey. Um, it, I was slow out of the gates, just really to realize how impactful natural medicine is. I always kind of tried, I would dabble, but then I'd keep going into Western medicine because I would think it's better. But when I actually go back and look at my history, I don't think Western medicine has ever actually cured me of anything that I've ever gone through whether that was anxiety or um, I had severe gut issues, hormonal issues at one point. And the medicines that I was put on just made me worse. And then the answer was always 
take more, take more. And it was funny. I remember talking to my uh, Western doctor once and she's very much hundred percent allopathic medicine. And when I said that I was going to start exploring like different, uh, different methods of healing, she said, you know what, if you're going to trust anyone, trust the Chinese doctors because they have been doing this for thousands of years you know they were testing these things on on bodies on cadavers so they really really know what they're talking about and I I always remember that you know she was a little more hesitant with like the naturopaths or the tinctures or energy work but she's like yeah I think the Chinese I think the Chinese doctors know what they're doing that's probably one of the main elements that drew me into the medicine to begin with was the track record of history it's like one of the longest enduring medicine paradigms on the planet so i I figured they must have learned something in the last five thousand years there's books that you know go back to three thousand years of when they're writing things on you know sheets of bamboo and just cataloging the meridians and already talking about acupuncture so it actually went back even further than that that's just when they started documenting some of these things that you know still are in existence in museums and things where there's identification of acupuncture points and this is yeah well over two thousand years ago so i thought well if it wasn't effective or it didn't support in some way then they would have developed something else like they needed something that worked. There wasn't conventional medicine treatments. There wasn't any ultrasounds or MRIs or anything available. So they really had to do trial and error and really figure out how does the body actually work and developing herbal medicine and acupuncture and all these sort of um, ancient practices that still have so much relevance today. And in some ways they become even more powerful, especially for the times that we're living in. And uh, so I'm always blown away by how deep the medicine is and like I said, I've been practicing for almost 15 years now, and I still feel like at times I'm just, you know, in the preliminary phases of discovering what's actually there and how the body works and the the various levels of that. So it's kind of exciting that, um, you know, it's never ending beautifully. That I never get bored, that's for sure. So, yeah, it's been really beautiful to to dive in at a deep level and finally starting to understand a little bit of what my teachers were talking about when I was in school and it didn't make sense to me. And now I can see, oh, okay. There's, there's some things I'm understanding. So it's, um, that's really fun. That's really cool. You talk about, um, finding the root cause. If, if someone comes to you with an illness or experiencing digestive things or inflammation, what is that process of discovering what the root cause is? I think at this stage of my career, it, it is evolving all the time. And typically, yeah, I'll sit down with somebody and we start chatting and I just ask them simple questions is, what are you experiencing right now? Like what's what's happening or what brought you here? And they'll start sharing, but I'm listening with much more than my ears, I suppose. I'm listening and I'm watching, I'm seeing how they speak, how they articulate the words that they use and the energy that they're you know bringing forward into the, into the room or into the space. And then from there, I really kind of trust that feeling of navigating a little bit deeper. And to me, it's just concentric layers. So when you talk about finding the root, there might be one layer just under the surface that is is leading to what's going on on some level, but that's just the first layer. 
And maybe that's all we get to in the first visit, or maybe we get to the second layer or third layer, or maybe, you know, even some of my clients this week, we got down to like early childhood patterning and traumas and things that maybe they had never even recalled or remembered. But because we often slow down and take our time moving through these layers, then you can actually uncover so many deep um, blockages or things that have obstructed their system, like physically, mentally, emotionally. So I'm usually navigating that that flow or that river, depending on who's there and what's what's alive for them. So I'm using a lot of the Chinese medicine, like tools and principles that I've learned of pattern recognition, organ connections, organ function, you know, meridian flow. But then I'm also looking at all the other things that make us human, the you know, the challenges, the wounds, the 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 heart experiences, and how they've maybe impacted um, impacted the body and you know all the all the good experiences that we go through and you have this this holistic being sitting in front of you that is so much more than maybe what their illness is or what their symptoms are and so those are the things i'm usually looking um past to see why is this here and the why could be very multi functional very multi-dimensional <clears throat> and you never know what you're going to find once you uh, get in there. And I think we're often surprised that sometimes even the little things that are creating the illness in our day-to-day -day life that we've overlooked. And uh, yeah, sometimes there is some bigger elements to, to be dissolved or integrated in some way. It's funny when I was listening to you before on, on Mark Groves podcast, um, I was thinking, oh yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. Like there must be a lot of people who are not wanting to do that kind of work. And in my own pursuit of like optimal health, um, I was getting some big ahas in your talk because I think what happens to a lot of people when they shift from traditional medicine into more natural medicine, they still have that mentality of give me the pill that fixes it. So they just switch from a pharmaceutical and I catch myself in this all, all the time. Well, it must be a simple food allergy it must just be a food group that I need to cut out or give me the supplement that fixes it. And when you ask, what do you think is the root cause? I was like, I got too many things in my life. I'm stressed. <laughs> it's, <Right>? not, it's <laughs> but when you've already exhausted those things in your life, when you're, when you have the cupboard full of supplements, and you've been on every kind of crazy diet possible and you're still sick, you probably need to change your life. And that's yeah. a pill to swallow. Yeah, it can be. I, I'm just recalling the visit I had yesterday with one of my clients and we had a very similar conversation and it, it took a little bit to get down to the root of those things. And he was, um, I'll use this example because it's really common right now. He was talking about SIBO. Uh, for those that don't know, S-I-B-O, it stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade when it comes to SIBO, but often in medicine and even alternative medicine, we just, we want to classify things and we want to put things in boxes. And somehow it's like satisfying for the brain to say, oh, it's, it's this. But what is often being missed, or in, in my view, is where would that small intestinal overgrowth come from? there's a reason it's there. So to me, SIBO is an effect. It's not the cause. And so often, yeah, a lot of practitioners now they're using antibiotics to treat a, a big boatload of bacteria in the gut, which in my view actually just compounds it and makes it worse because you're taking the organism further into dysregulation 
and you may get a temporary relief of you offloaded a bunch of bacteria, but you've also damaged the cells. You've put toxins in the body, you've strained the liver, you've strained the kidneys and you think, Hey, I've, I've solved this thing. And then often I get those patients later on and they've been on several rounds of antibiotics and they're worse or it's they're good for a little while and they're thinking hey that was a really good thing but you know give it a few weeks or a month or two and they're back where we they started or they're worse or now they're feeling depression because in chinese medicine antibiotics and many other suppressive medications are viewed as cold toxins mm -hmm. and the body doesn't like that at the organ level for overall health so i feel like there's so many trade-offs that are often happening as we think we're getting this thing over here, but then we have to pay for it in other areas of the body, but we don't know that at the time. And so I'm not faulting anybody for that. This is all things I've just learned from thousands of hours in the clinic of where's, where's the depth coming in here? Like what's underneath that? Oh, there's parasites there, or there's other like viruses or bacteria. There's other toxins they keep picking up or they're holding on to so much anger and emotion, which was the case for my client yesterday, but he wasn't aware that was actually going on, but his gut would be thrown off all the time. And once we identified the sources of the anger and that there was a lot of suppressed anger in the body, a lot of tears happened, huge recognition on his part. And he was like, oh, no wonder I'm, you know, having these things come up in life and super frustrated with this and frustrated with that, but not really in touch with the, the core level of that emotion. And I found this with myself, I found this with thousands of people that there's things that we're just not in, in touch with. And so that question of, we actually do know when somebody's like, I don't know. And I'll ask is like, is that true? <laughs> or do you know, and either it's really hard to look at that truth or you know the truth, but you don't know what to do with it. And I would find that second thing is actually really common as we know, but we're, we're not sure where to go with it. We're not sure what the next step is or, you know, how do I sit with this next? And, you know, that first stage I usually say is of course the awareness that it's there. And then it starts um, creating an opening. Even if we don't know what to do with it in that moment, that's okay. And giving people, people permission to not know the answer is a really big thing right now too. Well, and that's kind of wild. Like I, I was stuck in a depressive state for seven years and I did a lot of things at that time. I created purposeful work. I opened up a yoga studio. I changed my like health. I changed what I did a lot of things. I did therapy. I have no idea what the thing was that made it stop. Everything, nothing, one of those things. It's really hard to pinpoint. And, and that's the really challenging thing with healing. You might heal because you read something in an amazing book one day and you had this big aha moment and that was it. It might be a pill. It might take you a week. It might take you 10 years. Mm -hmm. You just have to be willing and able to sustain yourself during that process. I would say that one of the analogies that comes up is one of my teachers really early on said Chinese medicine is more like viewing the body as a garden. And when you look at the garden, there's a lot of components there. And if you're trying to grow produce and plants and everything, maybe they're not growing the way you want or seeds aren't germinating. And there could be multiple reasons for that. But if you stick with it, 
you will learn, oh, I did need to water it a bit more. I need to water it a little bit less, or this actually wasn't the ideal place for this plant. I need to move it into the sun a little bit more. And I find our bodies are so much like that. We are nature. You know, we are ideally in tune with the world around us and the nature around us. And so it can be little shifts. It can just be a few degrees adjusting can make all the difference in the world or those key nutrients that, oh, you you were lacking those and you did need those. And maybe there was these parasites to clear out of the way or you developed a healthier inner ecosystem because you changed your room around and you changed some of the people in your life. And so all of it counts and all of it matters. And I do see sometimes patients that are highly frustrated because they've done a lot and they've done sort of everything that they read about we're told to do, and they're still not getting that, you know, that key result or the, the deeper shift hasn't happened fully. And maybe they've got some improvement, but they come to me and they're like, I'm, I couldn't eat any better. I meditate for two hours a day. I've done thousands of hours of counseling. Like what the hell is going on? How come I'm not well? And usually I say, let's just take a bigger viewpoint. There's something that is being missed. It might be small, it might be big. So we just kind of expand the scope a little bit. And I do find slowing down is something that doesn't happen in medicine very often. And that's something I like to do in the clinic as much as I can. And let's just wait. It's like watching nature because I grew up hunting and fishing. Sometimes you got to wait for a long time for things to move in the forest hours, but we don't want to do it. You know, so if we do, there is gold there. There's magic that starts emerging when you give somebody space to soften and rest and slow down because the busy mind has a hard time finding that clarity. But the slow mind and the slow presence and safety and that that right um, calibration of energy, suddenly those answers or those insights do emerge. And then suddenly you do um get shown something of where that path goes and you know then away you go again and healing keeps happening so are you are you seeing more of one kind of condition more than others lately especially after the last three years like personally i see a lot of anxiety almost everyone says they have some form of anxiety especially kids and teenagers is there something that you're seeing lately that's that's new and kind of across the board I would say if we just even use the blanket statement of inflammation, mm-hmm. where you can apply inflammation maybe to autoimmune conditions, many, many different types of diagnosis, whether it's, you know, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, um, you know, put whatever kind of label you want on it, IBS, Hashimoto's, because I do see a wide range of autoimmune conditions. I also see a lot of undiagnosed conditions, things that haven't been able to be put in a box even after 10 doctor visits and scans and in all the different things, they just don't fit in any specific area. And so one of the things that I see is the body's inflamed. And so if we had a general amount of inflammation in the population of, you know, maybe three or four out of 10, uh, three years ago or four years ago, because I've been, I would say, well aware of a lot of these inflammatory patterns in the population for years. Now it's at like seven. And you know, I think a lot of the new elements that humanity has needed to face, the body's trying to integrate it and the mind's trying to integrate it. And sometimes it's too much. It cannot keep up with the the flow coming in. 
and then trying to do something with it. And especially when you apply something new to the human population, it's going to take some time for it to figure it out and evolve and for the immune system to kind of um, classify, you know, new data coming in. And when it comes in really fast and really hard and in a stressful way and in a fearful way and, you know, all of these different elements that we've seen, that makes it even more difficult for the body. You know, if you're calm and you're feeling healthy and you're feeling good and somebody shares hard news with you or something that's difficult or you discover something that's challenging, you can still work with it and integrate it because you might be in a good space to do so. And it still may create some waves. But if you're already struggling and you're in a fear state or fight or flight, your adrenals are taxed and somebody shares some some harsh news with you, imagine how you're going to deal with it then. And so that's what I'm seeing with so many patients. Their cup was already full or almost full. And now it's just overflowing and you see the body express that it's so inflamed. It's so irritated. The nervous system can't handle anymore. So I'm seeing neurological conditions at a new level. I'm seeing like weird symptoms and weird patterns. And I was also the guy that saw a lot of weird and wonderful patterns before the last three years. And now it's even new for me. Now it's even more so and so that would be the common denominators so many people's bodies are so taxed and so inflamed that yeah there's they're starting to crack because their their body's like i can't i can't continue integrating this anymore i either need tons of time off i need way more space i need to slow down and not just for a day or two or not even maybe just for a week or two a lot of people need actually months to slow down and a lot of people don't maybe have the bandwidth or the capacity or the the choice maybe to be able to do that and uh and i understand you know i feel that way at times as well it can be a lot to integrate so i don't know if that answers your question or not but a uh, pretty big wave of um people that are are really strained yeah it almost seems like someone's uh nervous system or their emotional resilience their that needs to come first in order for them to handle a disease that may or may not manifest in the body. Uh, I used to see that with with yoga students, like there'd be two students with fibromyalgia and one you would never know. And they came to class all the time, but you could really tell like internally um, that they had a lot of emotional resilience. They weren't under a lot of stress. And then I would see other people that were so rigid and like visibly stressed and shaken. And of course, like pain can do that to your mental state as well. Um, but I really saw a pattern there. Um, people that would get diagnosed with MS, one would decide that they could handle it. They were going to do everything they could to manage this condition. And you would never know that they were sick. And then the other person that got the diagnosis and gave up on day one and got angry and resentful and they got sicker and sicker and sicker at lightning speed. And of course, disease manifests differently in bodies. But I just saw so much of that. Your mental state must be a huge factor and how your body's able to heal and, and process these conditions. I think you nailed one of the things that has become so prevalent in terms of what I'm observing in the clinic over the time I've been working, that we can't like not address the mental element and expect to, to heal some of these chronic patterns. 
um, you know, early in my career, if somebody came in with, you know, they strained their back from lifting something heavy, you know, pulled their groin, you know, playing tennis or something, that, that's one thing. If that continues to happen, then I know that there's a pattern there that needs to be addressed. But when it comes to anything chronic or anything that's lingering or stubborn, there's always a mental emotional component there. There can't not be. And that is something that I dive into right off the bat with patients now, whereas early in my career, I didn't like I would look at it as more of the, the physical and I understood some of the mental emotional patterning too, because that's Chinese medicine, we don't like really separate those too much. But now, if you're in my clinic, and you're in the chair sitting in front of me, I'm generally gonna ask about those pieces right off the bat. And somebody might say no, no like, that's pretty good. It's my gut. It's this it's my migraines. And I'm like, yeah, and let's get into all of the reasons that might be actually affecting you. And so much of the time, it does come out by the end of the visit, like, I hate my job, or I can't, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't stand where I live, or any number of those things. And it's like, that is going to affect you that creates a, a foreground stress or a background stress or both that until that is resolved, your body's going to continue to try and get your attention. So, you know, some of my mentors and teachers over the years, they said, don't get rid of your pain until you understand why it's there. Mm -hmm. And the irony with that is once you understand why it's there, it usually goes away because your body got the message to you and you listened, you made the changes, you gave the body resources or time or rest or whatever was required. And then it, it lets go and it carries on. So with my patients, I know that they want relief and I'm often inviting, like, we'll get there, but we need to understand how this pattern came to be. Otherwise you're just going to go from practitioner to practitioner, more even supplements, herbs, treatments, all those things. I'm not saying that's not helpful. Sometimes that's really, really needed to get to the, the deeper places. But if we just like, pause let's see what is really involved here in every quadrant of your life and then we'll have some insights because my goal for patients is to educate them and teach them how to heal themselves and sure maybe there's expertise in things that i i have that maybe they're not going to develop on their own and that's okay and i can provide those things but um really i love empowering people to find that medicine within and then they don't need me so much. And that makes me so happy when, when I'm not seeing them very much, or I see them after four or five years, and they're thriving, and they're so healthy. And it's almost just a high five and, you know, carry on. What do screens do to us from a Chinese medicine perspective? Because I've been busier than ever with work, and I'm spending a lot of time on this thing. I do not feel well. Um, I don't have my blue blockers on today, but usually I, I try and block them. I have my little hippie EMF protection, but I go outside in between calls and I just try and wash my eyeballs with the forest and we're all glued to a screen these days. Is there a, like, what does that do to the body? Yeah, great question. What I see, and actually uh, I'll use an example for myself. I was at an event uh, a few weeks ago and we did seven days digital detox, handed in our phones, our computers, every bit of technology. And you know, it was a group of 20 people and everybody was kind of agitated a little bit at the thought of doing that. And um, I'm pretty good with technology, but I could still feel it of, 
a bit of anxiety of, uh, I can't connect with people or, you know, messages from my kids or any number of things. And I was a long ways away. So diving into that showed me, I'm not an anxious person, typically pretty well regulated. You know, I have my moments and I'm human and I worry and I have things that I am, I have fears around, but I could see that even for me and my so-called mindfulness around my phone and technology, two, three days into unplugging totally, I couldn't detect really any anxiety in my, my space within myself at all. And that was really cool to see of, oh, I have been experiencing a bit of anxiety and it seems phone related and social media related and thousands of messages and emails and like the seven different platforms we can communicate with each other. So it's not all in the bad category but it sure is good to be aware of it. So from a neurological point of view, the stimulus on repeat all the time prevents people from really shutting off. And when you're on all the time, that will drain the batteries. It's hard on the adrenal system. It's hard on the kidneys. It's hard on the spleen. And what I mean by spleen in Chinese medicine is all the organs have a connection to emotions. And the spleen is about overthinking. So it's not really an emotion, but like really busy mind, excessive contemplation, you know, livers more kind of anger, frustration, stress, kidneys are more fear, you know, lungs is more grief and sadness. And a lot of people know these connections now, but the spleen, when you're thinking a lot or when the mind is on all the time, which it seems to be for so many people, because we're constantly engaged in technology the human mind is still newly evolving a skill set to be able to balance that. And I'm not sure if it ever will come to a place of being able to fully balance that because it's so much stimulus. So you're kind of draining the spleen energy and you look around and so many people are tired and fatigued. And the spleen in Chinese medicine theory is what builds chi, like that builds vital force. It's one of the organs that builds vital force. And that's where you get a lot of strength from stamina, recovery, clear thinking, the amount of people with brain fog right now, trouble focus, uh, you know, memory, like all of those different pieces, we can look at the screens and, and the hyper stimulus of the mind, it's just exhausted. But it's exhausted in these little micro levels, you know, the death of a 1000 cuts, it does add up. So when you go outside, and when you go into the forest, I love finding waterfalls, streams, creeks, rivers, I get in them a lot. I cold plunge a lot. I do hug trees. I sit in the forest. I sit on rocks because it, they've shown it. There's a lot of studies that um, support this now too. It actually does change the electromagnetic frequencies of your body. So when we're engaged in tons of screens and technology, it's like it builds up static electricity in your system. And yeah, you'll start wigging out a little bit. And so you need to ground that in some way just to come back to a place of neutrality or as close to neutral as what you can. Otherwise, yeah, that battery is getting drained. And so people are finding they need to do more, more vitamins, more supplements, more of everything else just to maintain the level of energy they had before. So technology, among other things, is things that I, I do talk to patients about is we got to identify the energy leaks in your life. And uh, too much technology sometimes, yeah, it seems like it can be one of them. If I could just like splatter that mind blown emoji all over this podcast a million times, I would. I, this is this is a great one on one consult for me. <laughs> that brain fog, like lately, more than more than ever. Um, 
I've been diagnosed with ADHD, but who knows? Who knows if that's a thing? But I am so spacey lately. And it makes sense because I'm work's been busier than ever. And my kids keep calling on calling me out on it. They're like, what what word did you just say? Like I'm saying wrong words. I'm like forgetting things that I should know. And I know it's I know it's this because I, I remember talking to Jen Pike, who's a great natural health doctor and sorry, not not a doctor, but practitioner. And I was asking her, like, how do I optimize my brain right now? And she's like, that's not what your brain wants. Your brain's saying, give me a break. And you're not. So it's shutting off. It's tired. Yeah. I think the the patterns, so many people are taxed. And, you know, I want to look at the the good side of the coin here, too. Even with the earlier question is what I'm seeing in the clinic, aside from people in burnout and super inflamed and all those other things, what I am seeing is people asking more questions and looking at things that maybe they wouldn't have looked at before because they need answers. And so they're actually expanding their own scope of understanding and incorporating things that are new to them, like cold plunges, meditation, breath work, all these things that are, are now becoming really popular or have been for a while. And then people are even going beyond that now and asking more questions and yeah, questioning their job, their relationships, like all of the things that actually need to be put on the table. And so I am seeing people having pretty big breakthroughs and connecting with higher levels of their intuition and trusting that more. And they are returning to more of that authentic self because they've realized that the life they're living was not sustainable. And, you know, there's no playbook for this stuff. And so a lot of us, I think, are finding how do we survive and thrive in a world of technology? Because a lot of us, me included, didn't grow up with technology. So we know what it's like to not have it, but we've also now learned to live with it. And we're trying to find this pathway of so many new things hitting the, the scene all the time that it's a lot to integrate. And only each of us can define what is sustainable for us. How do I wanna live? How, how am I feeling? And so I have seen more breakthroughs and more, you know, huge insights that people are having in the last year than in any other time in my career as well. So despite the, you know, through the big challenges, if we can work with that and we're not afraid to go into that and we can stick with it, you can have massive transformation in your life. And then people are changing their jobs they are changing relationships or they're upgrading the ones that they have because they're addressing the things that have left um, well been left unaddressed for so long. And so they're having challenges, but they're also having, yeah, new neural pathways being built in their mind that hadn't ever been opened before. And so it's really exciting to see that as well. And the common denominator, a lot of us are realizing is I don't necessarily need more supplements or, more biohacking, I need to actually simplify and I need to actually listen to my body to come more into alignment or balance with the world around me back with nature. You know, you look at nature, those animals are never efforting or, you know, stressing in the morning of uh, what they got to do that day. They're just in perfect harmony and flow and they have found their, their role. They found their balance. They've, they've found the space that they need to thrive in and it's, uh, it's beautiful to see. So whenever I kind of forget myself or I get stressed, I do literally just go sit in nature and start just watching and observing because it reminds me of that frequency or it reminds me of finding that space within myself. And then suddenly I feel way better. 
And then I can actually be more productive and more clear when I do direct energy into something, it's more potent and effective instead of kind of scrambled running around all over the place. Cause I've definitely spent a lot of time doing that in life too. So trial and error, you know, we're all learning right now. I love simple solutions as a coach. And like what you said there was so profound, like maybe there is a complicated answer to this that involves tests and herbs and needles and all the things, maybe, but maybe you just need to go outside and not be on a computer so much. Like maybe it's just that. And that's one thing I've been encouraging in my community lately, just white space, just white space. Mm -hmm. Just nothing. If you're walking, no podcast with you just walk, just be outside. And it's a hard thing for people to do. The only thing that's helped me break that habit, to be honest, is I'm a little bit tinfoily. I'm watching the world. Things really seem to be in this like good versus evil battle. There's a lot of energy going around. And I started labeling my tech as evil. You know what it's like to get caught in the scroll hole where you're like, you're starting to feel uncomfortable and you're like, I'm uncomfortable, I should leave, but you're still there and you keep doing it. And then all of a sudden you like pull away and you're like, oh my God, what was I doing? How long was I there? And you like break this hypnosis just for my own bad habits. I've just been labeling it as, I'm like, that's evil. Step away, <laughs> step away <laughs> from that, go outside. <laughs> I think we can all use whatever leverage we need to kind of you know, get ourselves to take an action. And I, I would say a lot of what I help people shine a light on in their lives, either at you know events or retreats or in clinic in person, is what's become normal for you. And when people share, oh yeah, I, I have a bit of this and I have a bit of that, but you know, it's kind of normal. I'm like, hang on a minute. What do you mean normal? Like mm -hmm. you're in pain almost every day, all the time, and that has become your normal. And then they kind of pause and they're like, yeah, I guess so. I'm like, okay what level of normal do we want normal thriving not in pain or normal like i'm tolerating a huge amount of discomfort and pain all the time and some discomfort can be healthy and we need it and our ability to sit in discomfort is really you know a big gift of uh, growth but these patterns that we just get used to falling into the the scrolling falling into not really being connected or just sort of dissociated or all the different things that sometimes we can experience as humans or constantly being stimulated over and over and over again, it becomes kind of normal, but it doesn't mean it's healthy. And so usually what I'm getting people to reflect on is like, look at your life in that way and what's become normal, but possibly unhealthy with the way that you work, the way that you speak to others, maybe the way that you talk to your children or the way you talk to yourself the food that you eat, it just maybe it becomes normal to have that glass of wine every night, but it doesn't mean it's healthy. And so it's just these little questions. And it's not from a place of harsh judgment. It's from ideally a place of openness and kindness towards yourself and curiosity. What is, you know, a healthy pattern I'm doing right now? And what are maybe some things that could use some refinement? And how am I you know, classifying where I fit in all of it. And can we give ourselves a bit of permission to um, get things wrong and permission to not have the answer, but to come back to the eyes of a, a child at times of just being curious. Oh, I noticed this thing I'm doing. Maybe that's not as good for me as what I thought, because I can tell how I feel. Okay. 
don't, you know, don't beat yourself up and just notice it and make a little change, even one or two degrees, 10%, whatever it is. Some people need a lot of changes, but that can be overwhelming. Start with one thing and then start building that confidence towards that. And uh, if you got to label your phone as evil and that works for a time, <laughs> no problem. You might get a result and then you might find another way to, to you know, bring that into alignment or, you know, create a healthy space for yourself around it. So I totally get it. <laughs> It seems like the bulk of your practice really is like this deep inner work. You know, I, I, I don't hear you saying like, oh, well, you the, we're going to see if you need this supplement. And obviously these things are are upgrades, the Chinese herbs that you can have. Like I've had great success with uh, needling and acupuncture, but that seems to be kind of in the in the forefront for you. Would you say the the bulk of your practice is is this inner work, this exploration? For sure it is. And I, I think that, like you said, acupuncture, herbal medicine, I love those tools. They're really profound. They're really powerful. I've seen miracles and life-changing elements with patients from applying those in the correct way. And my goal, though, is to understand what really brought them there in the first place and not just to get the symptoms to go away or not just to get them relief that's true as well i want people to feel as good as they can as quickly as they can like that that is always what i i want but i want it to last and i want them to discover if they keep coming in with the same thing then i feel like i'm missing something for them you know we're miss um yeah we're we're not identifying a core pattern and to me those identifications are much more lasting and so maybe they don't need so much treatment in the future because they've established better balance and better alignment. And sure, we all need tune-ups. We need a, you know, a bit of support from time to time. I get treatment regularly. I acupuncture myself all the time. I get others to, to treat me. I get massage. I get um, any number of things that my body has established really good relationships with. I do counseling at times. I, I check in with you know, coaches and friends, and I have some really beautiful people in my life that I can go deep with. And so it's almost at this point, like I can't do it any other way because I've seen more, I've understood more. And I know five years from now, I'll probably have new things to think about. And the version of me right now is, is gonna, you know, dissolve away and something else will take its place. So when people come to see me, I tell them that in, in not so many words is like, I want to, be as effective as we can here and that may involve quite a bit of deep work and that's okay if that is not everybody's cup of tea or they're not quite ready for that because it can be a lot but then i may refer them to work on other pieces until they're ready to come back into that space because i know that's where i can offer the most value and so i don't want to do the surface level stuff anymore and i'm not taking anything away from that but that's not what I'm here for at this stage. I'm here for that, um, yeah, that big shift or really getting into the heart of things. And with some of the rules and regulations that Canada is trying to pass, like in terms of attacking our supplements, this must give you a, a little bit of a relief knowing that you can still do the bulk of your work no matter what kind of harsh crazy regulations they start putting on natural health products mm -hmm. yeah I, I can definitely share that i still think about all those elements i see what's going on i've been aware maybe for many years and seeing the direction 
sometimes would keep me awake at night and I'd wake up in the morning just like, oh my goodness, what what do we do now? Where are we going to go? And then my mind generally will jump into, let's find some solutions then because I could lay here um, stressing and, you know, just going into that spiral or I can harness this energy and turn it into alchemy and I can I can turn it into something as a force for good. And that would be coming up with new ways of treatment or how to help people heal in a more effective or efficient way where maybe they don't need so many supplements or they don't need so many herbal compounds or where we teach them to source and find those things for themselves and make it of tracking down what do you need? Here's how you find it. Here's how you get it. And oh, by the way, here's this other thing that I managed to get a hold of and take this for a little while, but just, you know, you won't need it for a long time. And so I think these times of challenge or pain or discomfort, if we choose, can lead to huge amounts of creativity and huge amounts of breakthrough where we actually sometimes, because we're forced to, we have to tap into that inner well. And then we find, oh, we actually have way more capacity than what we thought. And maybe we don't need as many things on the external environment as you know, what we did in the past because we're evolving and we're changing. And I know the ingenuity of humans is miraculous. And sometimes it's used for not good outcomes, but we can choose to use it for tremendous, you know, like forward momentum where, okay, let's put everything on the table. Where do we want to go from here? And what is this asking of me? And I think that's the question I've been, you know, really sitting with the last three years in the last, you know, two months, and especially with some of the new things coming out where I'm just shaking my head, you know, having a moment, taking a breath, saying fuck, and like, okay, what is the universe inviting from me though? Why would it give me all the skills and, and wisdom and experience in the healing modalities if not to actually come up with something new, invent something new? You know, there's more in there for me too. And I know there's more in there for all of us that, okay, this is going to yield something possibly monumental for all of us because there's the balance. It has to. And we have way more in us than what we think. I've discovered that time and time again within myself and with other people I've worked with. So that part is kind of exciting to me is this is going to really bring some amazing stuff forward. And what that is, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> more breakthroughs to come. So there's, there's both. Yeah. I feel the same. I, I feel like we're in for a ride, but I think on the other side of that, we're going to be in a better place. And we had a great coaching call in the Sovereign this week. And I said, you could look at life through three different lenses. Life is happening to me. Life is happening for me or life is happening through me. And if life is happening to you, you lose no matter what. <laughs> And that's where most people live, unfortunately. And I get stuck there sometimes if I'm being reactive. And then the upgrade, of course, is for me. You know, that this pain is teaching me something. I can learn something here. That's a beautiful place to live. But mm -hmm. next level empowerment is through me. I create whatever my reality is, good or bad, whatever is happening in my life, it's on me. And not many people make it to that level because that's terrifying. It can be terrifying or it's the most empowering thing that you ever heard because you are the only thing in your way, whether you heal, whether you find solutions, what your mood is, it's on you. 
That's really beautifully spoken. And I think it kind of parallels some of these things when I look at what's going on in the, the big picture way and then what's going on with individual patients. I've been guiding people through like very specific, precise, like detox protocols for years where we target viruses, we target bacteria, maybe we target parasites or chemicals or metals or whatever it is that's causing disturbance, then we're on it. When somebody goes into that process, sometimes they get quite a bit of detox response and they feel tired. They, they may get headaches. They have emotions come up. They're going to the washroom more and they're dehydrated and they're like, what's going on with my body? And I'll say toxins are coming to the surface and you're actually processing and clearing them now. So when I look at that process thousands of times that I've been through with many, when I look at the last, you know, two or three years, that's what's happening. It looks pretty messy, though. It looks pretty ugly at times. But I think we're going through a massive detox process of all the stuff that hasn't been working, that hasn't been sustainable in pretty much every industry. There's like a detox that's needed. And to pull that stuff to the surface, it can look pretty scary. It can look messy and it, it really can be challenging. But on the other side of that, you have less toxins in your body or you have less toxins in society and you're creating more health and wellness. And when it goes on for a long period of time, it can be challenging to stick with. And I see it with patients. They're calling the office saying, Kev, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can make it through. Like I'm so tired and I'm so grouchy and I just, when is this going to be over? And I'll say, drink more water, get more rest, trust the wisdom of your body. And inevitably, within that next few days of that week or two, they call and they're like, okay. And maybe a month from then, they're like, this is the best I've felt in my entire life. Like, thank you. But it, it was, you know, a bit of a dark night at times that they had to get through the chaos in their system. So I'm often applying that lens now to what I see with healthcare, what I see in, in industries and banking and all the other things that we could talk about. And I'm trusting that there's a big cleanse happening right now and it sometimes is worse before it gets better but it's so much progress so this wouldn't be hitting all the surface if it wasn't for progress or at least that's what i'm believing right now i feel the same those things weren't working well anyways it was kind of a facade and you're right they, they needed to crumple they did yeah do you work with people virtually or do they need to come and see you in person? How does that work? Because I'm already signing up. You've signed me up. <laughs> <laughs> this has been your first session. Nice work. We covered a lot of ground today. That's great. Um, I do work with people virtually, although one of the things that's happened is I'm, I'm so booked up in person that I, I don't really have a lot available for virtual visits, but I do that and I'm willing to do that and that can be super effective. So I, I fit it in where I can. Um, something that I'm working on right now is uh, a group. I don't even call it group coaching, group healing program. I'm not even sure what to call it yet. Um, that'll be coming out in the next little while because, you know, through the challenge of not being able to see everyone, or, you know, a huge waiting list and people waiting months and months to get in to see me in person, I want to come up with more solutions because people need support. And the, you know, even the big event we did not long ago called the new human, that was one of the intentions behind that is how about we all heal together in a really efficient and effective and a powerful way in like one weekend. And when we come together and do that, 
really beautiful things happen and then where possible or where it lines up i'm working with people one-on-one still but i'm working on kind of filling the gap in between like the big in-person events and then the one-on-one where there's a, a framework and structure that at least people can get started and point them in the right direction and they can already start detoxing clearing and healing without you know driving to see me or flying to see me or whatever the case is often in the the clinic there so more solutions to come you know people can uh, stay tuned to some of my uh, website stuff or social media stuff for more solutions and then the other way is we've just been getting people on a waiting list in the clinic and just shout out to everybody that's on the waiting list and people that are waiting the months to get in to see us and i am moving more into a space of um, like training and mentoring other practitioners as well because I've learned some things. I don't know everything, but I do want to share what I've learned because why keep it in here? You know, I can't keep up as it is. So many people are in need of support right now. And I just, I want this information to get out there more so that other practitioners can, you know, be effective for the people that they're working with too. And then we're, you know, we're still moving forward. I'm glad you said that because I was listening to you and thinking he needs to train more Kevin's. So like, yes, <laughs> that event, by the way, I heard was so good. I have FOMO. People just said it was just absolutely wild. They got so much out of it. Oh, beautiful. It's it's nice to well, it it felt powerful to be in it and it was it was a cool process to be a part of and you know lead and guide, but also participate because I get upgraded every time I do an event, whether I'm leading it or participating and uh, the the amount of heart-centered people that were there that really were were authentically there to do their work and work on healing that was so impactful for me to see like the the level of commitment from everybody in that room and we're definitely going to be doing more events like that that stuff lights me up just seeing people you know have breakthroughs and transformations and all of the things that we can actually create huge change in an afternoon or one day or in a weekend. It's actually, it's really cool to see what's possible. And then in the meantime, yeah, more, more options for healing and training. And so I'm on it, I'm working on it. <laughs> We're going to keep going. <laughs> I mean, and, and that can be a, one of the biggest blessings of this kind of work. If you're in the healing space is that you constantly have to do the work yourself. It doesn't work to, to just work with clients, you have to be continually healing and peeling back those layers in order to be able to serve people in that way. Yeah, absolutely. It's always been a, a motivational force for me, I would say, is the more work I do on myself, you know, the more aligned I am, the more authentic I am, that just increases my capacity to have better and better outcomes and and bring people more value or, or point them in the direction that they need. And, you know, I go through my stuff too. Sometimes people think like, Kev, you just so good all the time like you're just regulated and chill and nothing gets to you and i'm like oh no stuff gets to me i have my you know being brought to my knees moments and wondering what's going on and questioning everything and wanting to run away from it all and just cabin in the woods forever and and i come through it but i found ways to work with that or i get support or yeah i listen to a podcast or you know read one line in a book and it it helps me reorient again and and seeing, you know, people like yourself pioneering things in the world and sharing your thoughts and ideas and values so that other people can find their way too. It's really, it's really powerful. So I just want to appreciate you right now for the things that you're working on and, and what you've brought forward to 
more and more people in communities that um, it helps people like me doing it in my way, um, seeing other people walk in their path as well. And, and uh, the more of us doing that, that is super healing. You know, it's, um, it's hard sometimes, you know, we get bogged down or stressed and wonder if we should carry on or just, you know, press the stop button on everything. And it's like, no, wait a minute. There's a reason that I'm doing this. And, you know, I return to those things when I, I hear you speak and I hear others speak. And so thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you. And what I get a lot, like this is this has been a such a beautiful conversation. And what I get from you and people like Mark more and more is this softening that needs to happen right now. What we went through the last few years was so intense. And for a lot of people to get through the the fear and the heartbreak and the abandonment, all those things that were happening, is they needed to get their back up. And that was necessary. And I was angry for a really long time. And I'm seeing now the way through, and this really is the work, this is hard work, is we do need to soften. We do need to be able to make connections again. We need to be able to see the world in a less inflammatory way. And that's really hard for people. It's hard for me, but it's clear as day that that's actually what needs to happen. You know, even in your own responses about what what's going on in the world. I hear you being very careful about not going into like something reactionary or overly fear-based. We have to, if we want to survive, if we want to thrive, we have to, we have to soften our edges and we need more of us working together. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way it's going to happen is if we, yeah, it's Brene Brown style, right? Strong backs, soft front, um, it's time to soften our edges. Yeah, it really is. Thanks for speaking to that. And I, I did speak to this on stage at the new human event is like the survival skills, you know, the coping strategies, the old patterns, and it's often subconscious. And that is letting fear take the driver's seat. And that is, you know, letting these um, just really insidious, like fear lenses let that you know color everything that we look at and when we soften or we slow down and we pause it's not about getting rid of the fear or pushing it down i was inviting all of us in that event to can we give everything a seat at the table the parts of ourselves that have old patterns that are scared that don't know a different way let's invite each of those elements of ourselves into the room and let's let's hear what they have to say because there's wisdom there too sometimes like the the fear is warranted and it's it's necessary on the edge of a cliff on a windy day like there should be some healthy fear like i'm gonna fall off if i'm not paying attention and so that fear can be orienting but we're not meant to stay in that frequency we're not meant to stay in that energy all the time because it's exhausting and it's not sustainable it leads to burnout so when we give it a voice, we invite those parts of ourselves in, we can invite a, a more, you know, divine intelligence, for lack of better terms, to come take the driver's seat and to actually start leading. And that would maybe be in some languaging, like letting your heart lead or letting your soul lead or letting that gut knowing lead from a place of wisdom and not needing to know everything, but still being okay with it. And then those other parts that are the old coping strategies, the old mechanisms, 
they can actually start to soften and we can keep them with us, but they're not the one driving anymore. And that can change everything. And so I've had to move through a lot of those layers of myself where fear did lead so many things in my life in the past and being scared to be seen, being scared to share what I really felt or what I really thought because I didn't want to disrupt anything or create disharmony. And, you know, I think uh, Mark, uh, Mark Rose is a lovely human being. It was great having him at the event too. And a lot of his podcasts that I've listened to and things we talk about in relational elements is there's like the harmony, there's the disharmony, and then there's repair. And so we maybe had some level of harmony in our lives in whatever way that was. And then we move into the last three years and it was very disharmonious. And so in the way that we can, if we can, moving into repair, you know, and how do we repair and building skill sets around repairing and working with anger and working with the, uh, the emotions that are there, but not pushing them away, like being real with it and just naming them and, and that being okay too. Well, I think your waiting list just grew a mile long after people listen to the show. <laughs> I'm so grateful for your time here today. How do people learn more from you, whether it's working with your clinic or getting a chance to jump onto one of these retreats? Where can they find you? If everybody just keeps paying attention to drkevinpreston.com, drkevinpreston.com, that's a good way to, to kind of stay in touch. Uh, you can join mailing lists and things like that. And um, I am on Instagram. I'm not always active regularly or following algorithms or anything like that. But um, yeah, we do often have announcements on Instagram and that's Dr. Kevin Preston there too. And um, yeah, you can find the the info for the clinic on the website easily and yeah, just stay in tune. We're definitely going to be doing more big events and retreats and uh, reach out if you have any questions or, you know, call the office if you need as well. I've got really great team and great staff and we're doing our best to manage all the, the growth and the, you know, the big wave of everybody wanting to connect and so grateful for that. So, um, yeah, in the meantime, we'll just keep in, <laughs> keep walking forward. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Kevin. Everyone, we'll make sure to put uh, all of those links in the show notes too, so you can find them if you'd like to connect with Dr. Preston. Um, we would love to have you back sometime. I'd be so happy to. Thanks for this amazing conversation. Thanks for being you. Thanks for connecting and um, yeah, wishing lots of love and support to everybody out there. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right, who else is getting on Dr. Kevin Preston's waiting list? I'm already signed up. <laughs> Guys, I really love this conversation, and I hope you love the work that we're doing over here on Sensemaking. There's a lot of conversations that need to be had. There's lots of ways for us to navigate our way through this wild world to improve our health, our relationships, to help us master our mindset, our mission, if you like what we're doing here, please consider hitting the subscribe button or sharing episodes that you like to your stories. If you'd like to find out more about how you can work with Dr. Kevin Preston, again, just check the show notes. You'll find ways to connect with me there one-on-one -on -one or in my communities as well. And like always, thank you so much for your support, for your kind messages, for your suggestions, for guests, all of it. We really, really appreciate it. So thank you and we will see you guys for our next episode.